Welcome to another episode of Peers Over Beers, your favorite digital and social evangelist podcast with your industry veteran hosts, Chris Tetzel. This podcast starts now. Welcome to another Peers Over Beers. My name is Chris Detzel, and today I have another special guest, Elizabeth Kinsey from Slack. She's a manager of community, and if you haven't heard of her, which is probably unbelievable, uh, here she is. Hi, Elizabeth. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. For sure. Excited to be here. Yeah. You seem nervous. Are you nervous? I'm not. I've just got a donut, so I'm very excited (laughs) about that. So yeah, right before we started, she goes, can I get my donut? I've been just kind of really wanting this donut. Oh my gosh. So, um, well, Elizabeth, I just want, you know, we haven't met officially now. I, I think I was telling you earlier that I've seen you speak two or three years ago, maybe four, I don't remember, but, um, at a CMX conference and I was telling you how good you are and everything else. And I've been kind of following you and, you know, you've really started to build something over at Slack, you know, a uh, great community, team of community. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, you, you know, first and then kind of the community stuff, I guess. Let's, let's get you, get to know you as a person. How about yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I can tell you that it's, for, it, you know, the reason that I have a donut is because I went on an extra long bike ride today. And, All right. uh, so I go on a bike ride pretty much every morning and I can, there's a bakery that is sort of drifts all of the spells over. And over the last three days, they've been baking <laughs> cinnamon rolls or oh something with cinnamon. So I've just been going like every day. So today I finally broke down. I was like, you know what? Extra long bike ride, going to treat myself to some donuts. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of donuts. Um, but you're right. I've been at Slack for, uh, for a while now. And I think I remember the talk that you mentioned at CMX. I think I was talking about uh, how, to, how to operationalize some stuff in your community mm. and what to think about. Um, but I've been at Slack for a little over three years and have been focused on community the entire time. Um, really started out focusing on Slack developers. Uh, came mm. to Slack because I'm a big fan of Slack. Uh, Who is I was, Right? <laughs> a couple people. A couple people. I mean, you know, if you, if you look on TikTok, there's definitely some folks that are like, why? Um, but... Okay, uh, well. Fair enough, but who but, cares? You know, that's that's I'm old. I don't go on TikTok, so. Um. <laughs> but it, hey, you know that's a a social platform that has really taken off over the last uh, year, two years. I mean, it's it crazy. Really How has it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been in community for I would say like officially eight or nine years, um, mm-hmm. but definitely community aspects of my jobs before that. Before I was at Slack, I was at a company called Branch. Um, They built mobile attribution tools. So I worked with app developers and mobile product managers and helped to found that and build that community out. And then um, came to Slack to work with Slack developers and and then have built that program out um, and the team out over the last three and a half years or so. Yeah. So to go back to the donut conversation, you know, we, I love donuts too. I don't eat as much. I'm a big runner, but definitely after a nice workout, you know, it's good to get a nice little donut or, you know, some pastry that uh, you've been really wanting, especially when you go past the the bakery. Is that where you got it? I assume. No, I actually, so the bakery is like a commercial bakery that's down. um, And so it's like down in the industrial part of town where the trail. So I live in the Bay area. So there's the Bay trail and it kind of goes around this industrial area and there's, there's like a, um, a chip factory and there's a hummus factory. So there's always smells to drive you crazy in the morning while you're 
no sweating. Um, that, but that's when been... you get the hungriest, right? Like, yes, yes. Like I don't, <laughs> I didn't, you know, who knew? Um, huh. But so I didn't get the the donuts from the, from there. I got them from one of our favorite donut places, um, cool. which is like an old mom and pop shop. And they have these ridiculously gigantic uh, glazed donuts. They're like the size of my head. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> the first time I went in there, I was like, that is not real. They're like, Oh no, it is. Yeah. Here you go. Like that's <laughs> here. Do you want one? Yeah. I'm like, I need, I need so... a forklift to carry this home. It is not, even though it's light and fluffy, it's still giant. So uh, I love glazed donuts. Actually my favorite. Um, I do like jelly donuts too, but sometimes they're just a little uh, messy, but uh, you know, interesting enough, like uh, I was talking to you earlier a little bit about, you know, uh, you guys just went with um, another platform, you know, to run your community uh, and, and not specifically Slack to do community, which maybe you guys were doing a little bit of that before. But can you talk more about that? I'm, I'm highly interested because and the reason is um, you hear, um, let's say, leaders come in and they want to hire a community manager. Why don't we just use Slack as our community first? And then and I'm not saying you can't do that. I mean, that is an opportunity, but, you know, I'm interested to kind of hear your thought about that. Yeah. So let me give a little bit of context. So we have, um, we had, we, we, our main community program for the last two and a half, three years, roughly has been a user led program. So Hmm. um, your typical kind of volunteer led meetup program obviously has been virtual for the last two years. um, But that's what we launched with. And aside with that on the digital side, we were using Slack and we'll continue to use a Slack yeah, of course. space. Um, and so that is both for our community members and our community leaders. What we started to explore was, you know, Slack is a really good tool for building the relationship aspect of community. I think that it is an amazing tool for business because that's really what it's built for. And you can adapt it for community purposes. But there's always going to be things that it doesn't have and probably won't ever have because it's not built for that, right? Yeah. So when we started kind of talking to members about what brings you into the workspace, what do you want to see from the community, um, some of the power users and some of the the top contributors that I was talking with were... um, you know, they're like, well, one of the things is that I feel like sometimes I answer the same question over and over and over again, because um, whether this was, you know, on the developer side or on the end user side, you know, people, it's a feed, you know, a channel is a feed, it moves, it's not something that's static. And so a lot of people don't scroll up. And when you get enough volume in a channel and in a community, up. yeah, it's too much to scroll up. And so, and I find myself, I'm in a bunch of different workspaces for Slack community. I mean, you know, we're in a couple together and um, yeah. I'm, you know, there's a bunch of them for community <laughs> managers and you should go yeah. join them all. They're fantastic, yeah. but yeah. it has limitations. And so that was one of the things that users said. So how can we solve that? Well, we're not going to solve that with Slack, the product, you know, there's a lot of things that we could do to make that work, but the overhead of trying to manage that amount of information and like a pinned post or a bookmark, it just doesn't make sense. So yeah, started looking at other tools um, and we spent a lot of time looking at this. So it took about two years before we decided to, like we started looking at this, this around the same time that we launched the user group program. And, you know, the other things are kind of traditional community forum type stuff. Like if someone goes and puts into Google and searches a question about Slack, 
and it's all in a Slack workspace, mm-hmm. nobody's going to be able to find that great, amazing person's content. content and contribution to the Slack ecosystem. Like no one's going to be able to plug into that. You'll find our help desk articles and research, you know, the, the resource library and blogs, all that's really great. But sometimes you want to know how someone in the real world is practically applying the information in that blog. It's great that we've told you how to do something, but if I am sitting at my desk in my house away from my peers, cause we're all working at home and I'm like, okay, I get the concept of this, but I would love to talk to someone who actually has applied this concept to a problem. How do you, you know, making those connections. So that discoverability aspect is super important. Um, and, and that's just not what Slack is built for. I mean, you want yep. your company communication not to be Googleable. So that's, you know, it's a business tool. And I think that that's really the, what it really comes down to is Slack can absolutely be adopted for community. And I think there's a lot yep. of communities out there that use it really well. Um, but for us, for this sort of longer term, bigger scale, we, we needed something that was going to be a public forum that was a little bit more on the traditional side. Plus, you know, you want to be able to reward and uncover your best users. And mm-hmm. there's definitely good analytics tools in Slack for business cases, yep. but maybe not for like, hey, is this person actually answering questions in Are a cool way? Are they active? Yeah. Like what is, so there's, there was a lot of that kind of stuff that we couldn't see in Slack. Now we still have a Slack workspace um, yeah. where the forum is growing. The thing that we did that I think really bridges the gap is we built an app, a Slack app for the community that plugs into the community. Ooh, so yeah. So, and this is actually available to any Slack user. So if you use Slack and you want to be able to plug into Slack community, sign up for Slack community and at <laughs> forums.slackcommunity.com link your account with the app. It has to be approved and installed on your workspace, obviously. Um, But then you can see all the stuff that you're following. You can reply to questions. You can see when you get tagged in things. You can follow people and topics. And we'll continue to develop the app so that it is much more bi-directional. So if you want to be in Slack and participate in community, you can. Um, But we also want to be able to give that wider access to people, that entry point um, before, you know, bringing folks into a workspace. The other thing is, and then I'll, I'll pause because it's a lot of me talking. Imagine yourself as a brand new Slack user. And like, this is very specific to Slack because we would be using our product for our community. So you are, you have just been told we're using Slack at work and you don't know anything about it and you have to learn it. And you go and you join this community and there are 10,000 people in a channel. Yeah. How intimidating does that to like ask a question? And that's feedback that I got from folks that we, you know, that I was like, Hey, you just joined the workspace. You know, what are you here for? And they're like, well, yeah, I had a question, but like, wasn't really sure where to go to ask it. And Mm -hmm. like, when I did figure it out, it was like, there are a lot of people in here and I didn't, you know, I didn't feel comfortable asking it. So I kind of saw people that were DMing or that like had answered similar questions or like, and I asked someone, um, or, and then that's the other thing. A lot of times what ends up happening in a workspace, and I bet this happens for you at work too, mm-hmm. is cause I know it does for me. Um, once you find an expert in that, in a workspace, yeah, right. like you stop asking in channel, 
you have DMs. And so one of the things that I talk with folks who do run communities on Slack is, you know, it's okay if you have a high rate of DMs, because that means that the people in your community are making connections and they are happy to talk to each other. Absolutely. They just don't want to do it in a public channel or that's not the behavior that they are used to. So the, that also means that all of that like amazing knowledge is not making it out into yep. the world. So right. yeah. Anyway, so that, those were, there was a lot of, that went into thinking about like, why do we want to do this? What's the benefit for our users? Um, and then also, you know, how can we make this the best kind of educational lever and peer-to-peer kind of exchange of information? Um, and we got a lot more stuff planned for the forum. And then the other- Part of it is, you know, we're required by Salesforce and they have yep. an amazing online community. That's right. And so where do we, where can all the trailblazers go? You know, especially if they're just learning again about Slack. Well, it's a huge um, opportunity for you guys too, right? To plug into potentially. Yeah, I'm super excited um, about about that. I think that, you know, it's, if you're going to get acquired, get acquired by a company <laughs> that has big community energy mm. and like, it's going to be fine. Yeah, for you, it's, it's going to be really exciting on that end, I would think. Um, so do you have a, so, so I have a question uh, about the app thing, but uh, before I ask that question, keep me honest, I want to make sure that I ask about how you're how, how are you gold? Like, what are you tracking? You have to tell me the numbers, but just kind of, so just keep me honest on that one. But so I want to go back to the app thing. So it sounds like you've got an app that people, that it's kind of a Slack thing that pushes, does it push that um, uh, discussions over into the forums? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So it does a couple of things. So um, if you are, if you don't link your account, if you just install the app, yep. um, you can search the forum directly from Slack. So you would go to the Slack community app. Um, they're in the app home, which is like that landing page inside of Slack um, that you have with a DM with an app. There's a couple of buttons. You can click search. You can plug your search in there. You can search groups. You can search topics, okay. discussions, um, and then it'll show up in Slack. And you can go from Slack, you can either choose to go directly to the post. um, And then if you were logged in, you could also reply to the post. So say that you found a question that is similar to yours and you like see the answer, but you still have a follow-up and, but you don't want to like have to go back into Slack. You could just reply directly from Slack. It opens up a little muggle and it'll plug it to a thread on the forum. The other thing that it does, if you are logged in, um, if you've connected your account, so you can get notifications. So if you're following specific topics, um, you can click a button that's just the, you know, my followed topics, and it'll show all the most recent discussions in those topics. Same thing for groups. Um, and so the group discussions as well. And then you can also get notifications um, when your app mentioned in the community. If someone replies to your question, if they, you know, choose your answer as the best answer. So all the notifications that you could get by email instead in Slack, because these are Slack users, they probably don't live in their email. And so where yeah, are that's you, right. you, you know, so, um, and then I think the big thing though, is that you can, you can reply back and like in a future version of the app, what we would like to have is if you ask, you could ask a question in any Slack workspace, like say you're either in the community workspace or you're in your own workspace and maybe you have like a Slack help channel with your IT team and you have this app, you could, you know, click on the message overflow action, which is the little three dots and say, send this to this 
to the community to ask this question and tag it with some topics. Now that's not what it does right now, but that is one yeah, of the things that we want to build out. Um, and the really cool thing is that we are using a Salesforce product. There is, <laughs> awesome. yeah. So since we're using Salesforce and we're with Salesforce, you know, like we're really um, able to kind of connect a lot of those dots and see what I think is cool from a product perspective, because I'm also like a big product nerd, um, is hmm. that we're using the platform. So like if you are a Slack user and you come into any workspace, or even if you come into our workspace and you're using this app, you're seeing what the power of the platform is without really even knowing that that's what we're doing. And here are two systems that are disparate, that are talking to each other. And Slack is this layer of communication. Mm. You're not going to do deep work in those, you know, in that layer. You're going to, if you need to go do, you know, write a big, huge lengthy reply, or you want to add a bunch of images for screenshots or whatever, you're going to go back to the community and do that. But you can do that light layer of work. And it, it really exemplifies the way that you can plug systems in together and use Slack as that layer. So, which I think is super cool um, from a product perspective. Yeah, that's, I, I assume you guys are gonna do some awesome things, especially with Salesforce now. And, um, you know, it's just kind of a key thing of, especially product companies use Salesforce and Slack uh, all around the world, everywhere. And, and even, you know, some of these old school companies are starting to use um, Slack and sometimes Salesforce, right? So, I mean, it's just, the opportunity is big for you guys. Well, and so not to like continue to harp on this, but like, it's not <laughs> even just the Salesforce tools because Salesforce has a huge ecosystem. So yeah, it's also Tableau. They have Fair an amazing enough. app um, and folks that are using Tableau, how do you use Tableau and Slack together? How do you build these really cool reports about your data and send them directly into Slack and your whole team has access to it. Like, that's amazing to me. MuleSoft, like mm -hmm. the things that you can do, you're using a ton of APIs. That's what, you know, MuleSoft does. So like, if yeah. you're a developer and you're also in Slack, you're probably building things with all of these tools. So it's not just the CRM. It's there's this whole ecosystem, ecosystem within Salesforce. Yeah, it's a good point. That, and the, the opportunity is even greater than just Salesforce, you know, and just where do you start? You know, that's kind of what they had to figure out. You know, that's, yeah. <laughs> but opportunities well, everywhere. for me, I get to focus on the Slack folks. Cause that's, yeah. you know, yeah. no, yeah, no, for you, no I mean, but, but you know, Tableau has a community, right? Like, and yep. so that Tableau, I don't do you, do you, out of curiosity, talk to these other community leaders there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, okay. we do. Actually, we chat. Um, it's it's kind of fun because, you know, these are all folks that are in the community world. You know, the community yeah. world is small. So like people know each other. So like I was friends like with, with uh, Jessica Langston, who runs, you know, Trailblazers. Like we've known <laughs> each other for years. And yeah. so, um, you know, we used to when our when we were in person, our office is the Slack office and the Salesforce Tower are virtually across the street from each other, we would get lunch. And so <laughs> now awesome. we get to work together. That's so, um, yeah, so we, we meet once a month and we cool. kind of talk about what's everybody doing. And, uh, it's, it's really awesome to be able to connect. So, yeah. You know, just like that. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you already had a connection, but it makes it even that much interesting and greater because now you're, you're one company in a sense. I mean, maybe not one company, but you know what I mean? Like you're, yeah. And so yeah. to have that kind of, uh, relationship has got to be really helpful, you know? Um, yeah, it is. You can get some inside scoops if you wanted, you know, <laughs> if she has any. I don't, yeah. I don't think that they let us do that, but. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so something I wanted to go 
and, and all this stuff that you've been talking about, it's, it's been great because I think, you know, people getting to know you a little bit and, you know, what you guys are trying to accomplish, what you're doing, the app thing sounds, but people are always in the app and the, the opportunity to, you know, you build in an app. Is it a native app, by the way? Or is it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's all yeah. native to Slack. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's just, that's where people are. You get people on their phones and the push notifications and everything else. I mean, look, I use Slack all the time. Like you said, even in the community place, you know, and, and just in, um, uh, at work and everything else, it's all on my phone. I don't have to be on my computer to do anything. So I think that's phenomenal and, and, and a huge kind of stickiness that, you know, engagement piece, part of the strategy that's just, you know, if, if we did that, you know, with communities today, and that's the way I, I try to push platforms to say, look, you need an app, but the app needs to be easy to use. You know what I mean? And, and it needs to be, it needs to say like, I use this one company. I think everybody knows I use HireLogic and they have an app. They just built it. But today it's not easy to use. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And and it's like, well, you have to go type in connected community on the Apple the store. And then you got to put in community.realtio.com. And then you got to do some other shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. like, okay, this is, nobody's going to do this. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, like, and, and then it never steps. says Realtio community, you know, let's, let's brand it, you know? So I think um, the platforms, uh, community platforms themselves have a little bit ways to go on that piece, but I think it's, it's a huge opportunity and I'm not, like, I love higher logic and I love using their platform and everything else, but just like all of them, you know, innovation is not, not a big thing for any of them. It seems like to me, you know, like it's, it's a very frustrating market and, in, in, in that, you know, and what Slack's doing is cool as hell, you know, like I, I love it. I mean, you guys are to me using Slack is a cool thing, you know, don't get me wrong, getting all these notifications is annoying sometimes, but I mean, but it's real time, real live, you know? And so there's a huge engagement piece mm-hmm. to Slack, you know, in itself and, and then pushing that stuff from the app into the community itself is you know, sounds like a, a big opportunity. Um, yeah, I think so. How do you track, you know, one, okay, so there's big loaded question. So let me try to narrow it down as best I can. So you have the app and, you know, uh, there's got to be some engagement things that you track, downloads maybe you track or whatever. So that's one. And then two is what's the most important KPIs from a community standpoint to you guys? Yeah. So I think right now, because we are still in such, I mean, the Slack community, Slack has been around for eight years. The community yeah. has been around for three. Um, so mm-hmm. it'll, you know, it's it's still relatively young. And especially the forum, you know, it just launched and the app just launched in November. So we are still super, super early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's fair, fair. Um, yeah. So the things that are mat- that matter right now are probably not the things that are going to be as important, no. say, in a year, right? Um, so right now, early days, what we're looking at is what does growth look like? What does return rate look like? Um, are people contributing? Are people asking questions and answering questions? Um, what is the, you know, are people logging in? What does that look like? What does that monthly active usage look like? What does the conversion look like from people that are finding the community and actually joining? Mm -hmm. What can we do there to improve that experience? Um, so a lot of looking at what is the, what is the function right now? What are, how are people finding us? How can we improve that? How can we improve their experience when they get there? What are, what's that conversion rate? Are they coming back? Um, and then also the quality, like, are they finding what they're looking for? So 
that's it really on the forum. Like those, those are the early kind of numbers. The thing that we look at community overall and the hypothesis that we have that we're still, you know, figuring out how to measure. Um, but I, I do think it's true is, you know, if someone is part of the community, ostensibly they should be a better Slack user, whatever that better Slack user means, right? Are they using channels? Do they know how to use app mentions? So there's like levels of product sophistication that if you are part of the community, you should ostensibly either that that should help accelerate your journey to be a sophisticated Mm -hmm. user or um, the people that are part of the community you would, you know, ideally look at a control group and say, you know, these folks who join the community um, are more up to speed than these folks who are not because they are getting the help and the answers that they need. That's the ideal world that you want to come to. I think that that's, you know, what, that's really what we're going for. Are we measuring it perfectly right now? No, <laughs> but when we get <laughs> there, is? I'm confident. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's a journey, right? Like you just started exactly. basically that piece of it, you know, back in November. And, you know, executives have to be patient. You have to be patient. And, you know, sometimes the organization isn't always ready for what you're ready for or what you think you're ready for. And so, you know, that's got to be a Q4 thing or a Q3 thing is you're kind of building out your roadmap, right? Yeah. So you just got to be smart. Um, And I think you are, it sounds like there's a lot of things that you're trying to do. And, And one of the things that you mentioned was, you know, we just want to make sure our users are using this piece of Slack and that piece of the journey is, is that they get smarter about Slack and using the different features. You know, it's called adoption, right? But I believe that the more that somebody adopts the product, the, the, the bigger that renewal will be over time, the bigger, the more that you will sell over time, yeah. whether it's licenses or, you know, additional features and functionality, you know? So if you get them really smart about it, you build programs to, to just get, deep dives into, you know, that product and, and, you know, you could look at usage on the certain product and say, well, this really isn't being used. Boom. Let's have a webinar on that, or let's have a post on that. I don't know, whatever you guys do, you know, to really get deeper into that. And then at some point, as you get smarter, and as I get smarter, you know, uh, over time, you know, how can you then start tracking adoption slash renewal rates, you know, buying more, uh, upsell, cross, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. And so that's, that's kind of the, in my opinion, like, uh, the Holy grail. Oh uh, yeah. To some degree, but especially for like this kind of community, for sure. Yeah. For you guys. I mean, I think that, um, the nice thing about Slack is everybody's using it. Right. You know, and so they at least kind of know. And so you're, it's not necessarily extremely hard to use. There's probably features that people aren't using that they maybe that you're trying to get them to use or adopt more and and things like that, or try to sell, you know, some new kind of thing, you know, but we all are doing that same thing, you know, like our product is just extremely, it's a great product, but, you know, it's, it's just um, very, uh, I say difficult, it's just complex, you know what I mean? And so, you know, it's, it's a different audience. Well, and I think there's layers. Um, so, and what's really been interesting over the last year, we started out really focused on developers and mm-hmm. over the last year, you know, we expanded the community. What we found were, you know, people would come to the community and be like, I don't know what API means, but I <laughs> would like to know how other people are doing X, Y, Z in Slack. And so mm-hmm. we expanded out. So we're now, you know, also end users and admins. Um, and so there's a 
big variety of people. And the really, so two things about that that are really interesting. One is the level of complexity and the way that they're using Slack is different. Mm -hmm. An end user using Slack is definitely not going to have the level of complexity as someone who is trying to build a app or a workflow or an automation inside of Slack for their team or mm -hmm. someone who is trying to administer Slack um, and you know provision users and figure out yeah. etiquette and all of that stuff. Um, so that's interesting because you have those different layers of complexity. But the other thing that is really interesting to me is you have almost this flywheel is such a popular term these days, but it almost is because like, look, the admins are setting up the environment, the workspace for all of their end users. Mm -hmm. They need tools to help to either plug into systems that they already have or build in workflows. Let's say a DevOps example where you're like an incident response. So you build a custom incident response for your team in Slack. Who uses that? It's the end users. The developer has to work with the admin on all the permissions that it's going to mm -hmm. get, the channels it's going to live in, but they also have to understand how the end user is going to use that incident response tool that they built inside of Slack. So they all kind of inform each other and can learn from each other in the community, even though they're doing many different things and experiencing and using Slack in different ways. And that has been a really cool thing to see some of those conversations where um, happen or, or some of those relationships spawn. Um, because even though like, you know, I, I can think of an example where it was like one conversation where someone was, um, you know, more on the end user side and they were asking a question about like, how do I use the, I can't remember if it was like simple poll or it was one of the polling apps. And one of the people who works for that app company that builds that app and, and, and that, you know, they built a company out of building on Slack responded in the community and they had this great dialogue like you know it was a couple of threads you know a couple of exchanges about yep. product usage and like the guy who runs that community was like hey it was really interesting to hear your perspective because we you know wouldn't necessarily have like thought in of that way to use the product and so I don't think I don't remember what I'm pretty sure it was a polling tool but I can't remember which one but it was a really interesting exchange to see like there's all these different audiences in the community but the way that they intersect is really powerful in, in how Absolutely. they can like come away with ways that they can work you know smarter better more productive all that fun stuff that that's in the taglines do you that no I, I, it's a great story and, and i think you know storytelling is a big part of community so great job <laughs> so, oh, thanks no it is i, I think <laughs> no i agree i think that if you can't tell that story of how the customer is engaging or a partner whoever is in your community you know and, and the value there then you know you're gonna have a hard time because you know the goal at the end of the day to me is is to one making sure that your executives understand why you're doing community and what are the stories and how are customers engaging and interacting and how this is helping your organization, right? You know, it's not just, hey, I'm dealing with customers and partners all day, you know, that's great. No, you have to, you've got at the end of the day, show why you're doing this. And, and so I think that's where people think, God, this, you know, that part of it's really uh, difficult. So um, this has been really great. And something else that I was going to ask you, and I forgot, uh, anything else you want to, uh, kind of ask me or, you know, any kind of thoughts or, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I thought it was interesting. We we're having a chat, you know, it was community manager appreciation day oh, this yeah. week and we were yeah, chatting about that earlier. So would love to hear like what, what that, what that 
was for you? Did you do anything? I mean, I saw, you know, you made a really nice post on LinkedIn, um, but how was that? How was that for you this year? You know, uh, I think I mentioned this before is, you know, community manager day was not really appreciation day. It wasn't like, I I think I learned more about it like last year, year before. And and, I was like, ah, community manager day. I'm not really sure that it's should be a thing or, or whatever, but over the last year or so, and, and then even when we, uh, when I talked to Nicole Saunders uh, and uh, Jenny Weigel, I mean, they both mentioned it and, you know, I started thinking about it. Like, I, I believe that one is, you know, it's important for us to have a day and, and as amount of work that some of us do, and especially as one, uh, one person team or, you know, not even then, I mean, like, it's, it's a tough job, you know, when you think of, you know, you've got to be a storyteller, you've got to talk to executives, you got to talk to, you know, individual contributors inside the company, you got to talk to customers, you got to build a content strategy, you got to build an engagement strategy, you got to do all the stuff, you, you know, gotta you got to be a data be, analysis, yeah, you got to yeah, do some yeah. marketing, you got to do the build marketing. I do that shit every pizza. day, you know, and so <laughs> when you start thinking about the things that you have to sometimes pretend like you're a master of, and maybe you're not a master of certain things, but then you got to somewhat get good at it. Uh, I think too, you got to be, start being a master of how do you kind of dole that out? Even if it's third party companies to help you, you know, write blogs or mm-hmm. do videos and intros and outros, even if you know how you're not going to have time to do that at the end of the day. But anyways, so to say that, like I have a new appreciation for community appreciation day. And t- this year, what it meant to me was kind of looking back at, you know, um, all the things that I learned from Michael Sandoval, so, you know, he was kind of the found, he was the founder of Peers Over Beers, he and I, mm-hmm. and what he taught me and what, you know, so I appreciate people like him that, you know, that was one to teach. He, he was a, very much of a teacher. He was a, you know, he wasn't necessarily a mentor at that time, you know, whenever, but he then became a mentor uh, and then, then a peer, right? Like, and we talked about this stuff and it was really to help others to get the most out of their community manager journey, if you will, leader journey, and, and, and also to dive into not just community management into the digital space. We talk a lot about community management, but that's a big digital piece of, you know, so, uh, so it means a lot this year and it will continue to mean a lot over the next few years because I'll, one, I'll think about people like Michael, but I want to carry on that uh, kind of thinking is can, you know, folks like, Elizabeth and me and others help those and, 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 and to get better at, at their jobs, you know, think of this, hopefully podcast is, you know, learning and, and just shooting the shit sometimes, but you know, some of the frustrations we have or some of the, Hey, we want to give you some advice or, or whatever. So I don't know if that answers the question, but to me, more so now than ever before, and maybe it's because of the circumstances, but it means a lot. So. Yeah, no, I love that. And I think that that's, um, it's interesting because, you know, the first time I heard about Community Manager Appreciation Day, I was like, what the, really? I thought it Me was too. made up. I was like, that can't be real. Like, and then uh, similar to you, you know, the first year I heard about it, I was like kind of under the radar. I think the thing that has been cool to watch over the years is how the traction that it's gained. Yeah. And I think it's to sure. your point that like community managers do a lot, even if you have a big team or even yeah. if you're working with a big, a lot of agencies, like you're still managing all those relationships. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's a very, you, you are, you know, very integral to the success and it takes a lot. Um, and, it, and I do love that there is kind of this like, Hey, step back and, and reward or acknowledge folks. 
because I think a lot of it can go unsung. I think a lot of the stuff that community managers do, and even, you know, I think about when I talk to my execs or when I talk to, you know, even my team, like I know that, that whatever it is that they're showing and telling me that they're doing, they're doing probably twice that yeah. and I just don't see it. And so I love the idea that we stop and they're always to your point. Um, and, you know, talking about Michael's legacy, like giving back, right? Yeah. Like these are, these are people that are constantly giving back and constantly booing other people up and being that kind of heartbeat in many ways of the community. And so being, and they don't get, you know, it's, it's just it's their job. So like, yeah, but to stop and say, Hey, like we appreciate all of that you put in. I think it's a great, I have come to appreciate community manager appreciation day, uh, over the years. So say that we, twice we, we need fast. to have a date, an appreciation of community manager appreciation day, day. So maybe we can do that the day after like boxing day. It could be like, <laughs> but I, I love it. And, and this has been really great, Elizabeth. And I really thank you for your time. And, and I like the idea of maybe, Maybe next year we could do this kind of community manager appreciation day of a podcast every day, have certain, you know, community managers on there, you know, and just say, hey, what do you do? You know, tell us more. I don't know what it could be, but it could be kind of fun and make it a fun thing. But but uh, I really appreciate you coming on today. I'm awesome. so, so glad to be here. It was so fun to chat with you. Thank you for having me. Great. Well, thank you again. And thanks, everyone, for listening to uh, another Cheers over beers. My name is Chris Detzel and Elizabeth, thanks so much for coming.